There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 1011, September 26, 2023. Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say Red Bull Stampede back in business at Suzuka. They win the Constructors' Championship while Logan Sargent increases his lead in the Destructors' Championship. We shall explain gladly. Back to you, Roger Saint. Thank you, Nasser. On today's program, Dominating is back and it is the Soup Du Jour. Fastest Constructors' title ever. The McLaren rocket ship seems to be getting closer and Toto throws a shoe at his television set. And this week's interview, ladies and gentlemen, from the archives again, is the great and wonderful Ove Anderson. Of course, the man won the Rally de Monaco in 1971, Rally de Safari in 1975 in a Peugeot 504. This is an awesome interview. I love it. Nass, keep up the good work. And I just need to remind everybody that we do need your contributions to keep this program on the air. Just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab. You know you want to, and I want to thank Marone Abrams. Thank you very much. We love you dearly. There you have it, Nass. What a fantastic Suzuka. Yes, Sergeant. He's a hilarious guy, but when he... When he saw Suzuka was a figure eight, he was getting pretty excited for that Destruction Derby. Oh my goodness, but what a great Grand Prix. Of course, the Red Bull, well, I want to keep it singular. The Red Bull is back. The second car, not sure what's going on there, but it's there somewhere. And just a great weekend for McLaren. Zach Brown's over the moon, and I know you are too, Nasser. Si, senor. Interestingly... You say a great Grand Prix, one of the best tracks on the Grand Prix calendar and a favorite among most drivers. Suzuka, of course, provided a much less thrilling race, but any race is better than any other major event. And this was more thrilling than, less thrilling, I'm sorry, less thrilling than the streets of Singapore a week ago. But a very different result. Lucky 13 for Max. He's back. Max Verstappen's Tokyo raid was devastatingly successful throughout the weekend, while his teammate do little with the same package. Not very good. Now with six races to go, Red Bull has clinched a championship, Constructors' Championship, like you just mentioned, for the sixth time. Very, very impressive. And also the fastest, like you said. Now forecast and future for the competition remain doom and gloom, for the next two seasons. Just Red Bull, one Red Bull is enough, I think. At this stage, I am sticking to my story and my prediction, which is Max will be five-time world champion with 70-plus Grand Prix wins by the time we get to Yas Marina in 2025, which is not too far. And what a turnaround for Mr. Zach Brown's McLaren team Sunday. Both Papaya cars were on the podium. Aussie mate, Oscar Piastri, getting his first podium in his rookie season. Now, in the opening round, Norris was 17th and Piastri was 20th. So they have come a long way. But still not even, or to borrow a phrase from you, the rocket ship is still not even close to rattling the cage of at least one of the Red Bulls. And Mr. Rogers, before we do a quickie on Collie, can we get your snapshot, Snapchat on Sunday's activities at Suzuka 
and especially Max's performance. Well, I mean, we expected it. We pre predicted on the previous podcasts all indicators were pointing to another dominating win, and he certainly did. I think he actually pulled a Joe Namath and predicted before the race that he would win by 20 seconds. So not only does he know himself, he's full of self-confidence, and this is one confident dude that's going to be hard to put down, for sure. I mean, let's face it. The Red Bull is probably a really hard car to drive. And Max gets everything out of it. Let's face it, Sergio Perez is a good driver. Everybody knows he's a good driver. He's driven many different kinds of cars, unlike Verstappen, because can't stop him, is still so young. But, yeah, what happened to Perez and how Max is totally dominating, it's interesting. And is anybody out there, are they all frightened to be his his teammate. I mean, this that's one big, tall order. So I'm very curious on who the next teammate will be. We've seen him fall. And Nass, I'm sure you probably have a few leads on his next teammate. But I don't see Perez staying there in 2025. I think he's singing Adios Amigos. Yes. We will address this issue later on also. But talking about the pre-race festivities, this is where I knew everybody was in trouble. Red Bull installed a new GP2 engine at Suzuka. Now, given the nature of the track, I knew right there and then dishes and bento box were done for the other 19 cars and drivers. Free practice one. This was getting very, very uh, uh, exciting, I would say, at least for me. Max faster than Science Junior by about half a second. Okay. Free practice two. Max faster than half a second over Leclerc. So he had the red cars covered. Now, only question was, why a minor surprise? FB3, they say good things come in three. Max once again fastest, this time 0.2 seconds faster than Norris in the rocket ship. Perez was fourth, 0.7 seconds off the pace of his teammate. You know, let me tell you how, what a talent, and to answer your question, who can be his teammate? I, no matter who they put in, it will be the Willie Horton revolving door. Nobody's going to rattle the cage of Max. And I want to tell you why I say this. We already see what's going on on the track. Some years ago, when, you know, they were shuffling one driver after another, and they, I think a comment was made by Christian Horner or maybe Dr. Marco that they need a driver who can get within 0.3 seconds of Max, which is not bad. And Nico Hulkenberg at that time, who had, almost a decade of experience, he was trying to get into that seat, and he said, I can get into within 0.3 of max. And when I heard him say that, I said, wow, with all that experience, he's having a big smile saying I can get within 0.3 seconds of a guy who's just been racing for a few years. So max is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, challenger, and it's career suicide if you become his teammate. And we'll see how it works out. Okay. Okay, so we talked, to, and of course, your favorite, Lewis Hamilton, was 7th, 0.8 seconds lower than Max in FB3. So, you know, the Mercedes they have, they are a serious broken arrow now. The once all-conquering Mercedes-AMG team is in a different zip code compared to the Max pace of car number 33. And the Collie, you know, we need a corporate sponsor, so we got one for Collie. Presented by Head and Shoulders, Rinse and Repeat, and of course, Max on top. Q1, and I want to get your take on this. Logan Sargent again missed the beat and went into the barriers. He was already leading the Destructors Championship, and adding more to the repair bill will not help his cause. Rumors are flying that Brazilian F2 champion Felipe Drugovich may take his drive. You want to say something on Logan's situation? Well, before I get on Logan Sargent's case, uh, I have to admit, the Japanese Grand Prix is really the authentic super fan. They are super fans, and I love Japan. I love Japanese people. They are awesome. The other thing I'm not happy about in the modern era of Formula One, and I miss it dearly, and it's... I don't understand the world today, but it's grid girls. I mean, the little kids, it's fine. We shake hands with the little kids. 
I, and I don't want to sound old, but I am. But man, the grid girls, I don't know about you, but the grid girls really added the certain je ne sais quoi. And as long as we're having bathing suit contests and everything else in the world, what's a couple of grid girls going to hurt? So anyway, that's my two cents. But love Japan, love the fans. I just love Suzuka. No, I totally agree with you, sir. And But that's the way it goes, you know. And when you see seasoned journalists, very well-respected journalists, talking about drivers, um, I mean, this is an actual quote. I won't take the name of the driver or the journalist, but to call a driver prodigious talent who cannot get into the top 15 after three years in a, a GP2 Formula 2 uh, racing series, you know, it's just... Uh, putting a lot of Revlon on Porky the pig. Absolutely. And to Logan Sargent, listen, this guy, even his demeanor, his face, his look, his walk, you could tell he's not comfortable being in Formula One. I think he's a little overwhelmed. It's a little too much. I mean, the crashed so early in qualifying. I mean, I was, I was totally blown away. And I've I know the, these guys are really being nice. They're saying that he is making progress. But, I mean, Henry Kissinger is even saying, you know, let's get rid of the guy. Okay, sir. Q2, Leclerc fastest ahead of Max and Checo. All three world champions in the race advanced to Q3. Local driver, seventh. Q3, business as usual. Max on pole, number 29 of his career by over half a second. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If somebody is 0 0.2, 0 0.3 seconds slower than the man on the pole, you can win the race. But man, if you're going half a second, forget it. Seven-time world champion LCH was seventh over a second slower than Max, so no chance. Your man, Fernando, could not hear the Red Bull drums as he was 1.5 second off the pace of the Dutch Matador. Oscar Piastri, looking on the positive side, he became the fifth Aussie mate to start from the front row in Formula 1 after Jack Brabham, Alan Jones, Mark Webber and Daniel Ricciardo. Here is Oscar in the post-qualifying press conference. Happy, yeah. Um, I think the last lap could have been a bit better, but it wouldn't have been enough to, to change my position. So I'm um, happy with P2, definitely. I feel like I've made good progress through the weekend. I feel like as a team we've made good progress as well. Uh, I think we definitely found some pace overnight, so yeah. Now we move on to McLaren. The team has extended Oscar Piastri's contract till the end of 2026. Smart move, I must say. Team principal Andrea Stella said, and I quote, Oscar constantly impresses with his performance, work ethic and attitude, end quote. McLaren's other driver, Mr. Happy Chappy Lando Norris, is contracted till the end of uh, 2025. Sir, now we come to the race, and my question to you is, we had two McLarens uh, behind the Red Bull of Mr. Max. What were you expecting at the start? I was expecting pretty much what we got. Norris gave him a good run, but there's just no way. Max is, and Norris said it, Max is Max. You know, you think you got him, you think you got him. Oh, it's Max, you can't stop him. And that's the way it is. It's going to be like that for a little while until, well, at least McLaren is making some inroads with the Mercedes package, and that irks Toto. Toto does not like to see a customer ahead. Or let me put it this way, he doesn't like to look at the behind of Mr. Brown. So there's a lot of work ahead, and I really hope the W15 is a little better than the W13.631. Yes. So after the Singapore firecracker, a lot was expected at Suzuka, a favorite for most drivers in Formula 1 today. All we got at the start was a scrappy, which was, uh, you know... I had an inkling that if one of the McLarens get ahead, as soon as DRS was enabled, Max will be in the lead and bye-bye. And then, late in the race, we got pitching and moaning by the Mercedes drivers, which was very, very interesting. And Mr. Rogers, one team had the audacity to throw one of the nicest people you can meet straight out of Honda commercials to the lines. Who could that be? How, and how did you feel? 
it felt so good and refreshing. You know, what's Fernando is not going to lose his, his joie de vivre, his raison d'être. Love it. Absolutely loved it. We need more of this. I want controversy. And to be honest with you, we were in Suzuka, so I was expecting so much more in terms of his blathering. But on the other hand, sometimes they take it out of context and and Fernando likes that the, the press is talking about what he says and everything, but they want to keep it limited. On the other hand, th this was a great, great, great race. I mean, the chaos, like you said, the Mercedes, the bickering, and then you had the bickering between the two French guys. Nasser, I, I'd pay good money to watch this again. Yes, that, that's good. The McLaren boys put on a good and determined show in the run-up to the first corner. Once Max came out ahead, going into the famous Suzuka S's, and those are beautiful. It was Sayonara, from Lando to Checo. Max was in a world and class of his own. No surprise here. Winning the race by 19 seconds is testament to his, what you call, TF. And will you tell everybody, especially the new listeners, what TF stands for, please? Testicular Thank you, sir. The whole weekend he was in his own zone and different zip code, taking his 13th win of the season from 16 races. And this win, the sad news is he'd be 26 in a, in a few days. But at the age of uh, 25, he has 48 Grand Prix wins. Very, very impressive. And his pace was so incredible that the fastest lap he set was 1.06 faster than anyone else. So this thing is just on a different uh, planet now. While others are sucking on eggs, he is comfortably hatching his third championship. With 400 points to his name, there is a good chance Max may win the championship before the next Grand Prix in Qatar in the sprint race. No wonder Red Bull has clinched the Constructors' Championship with six races to go. So congratulations and kudos to people in Milton Keynes. Max's teammate Checo did not have a good start, was involved in argy-bargy with Hamilton, then he torpedoed Kevin Magnussen to become Maldonado of Mexico. His DNF and re-entry after many laps was a joke, but very clever move to avoid grid penalty at the next race. And this is where Red Bull kills everybody. On the track, pitch strategy, whatever is thrown at them, they make something happen. As expected, FIA has clarified this will not be allowed in future. Checo at the moment is second with 223 points compared to 400 for his teammate. Now here is the really scary part. He is only 33 points ahead of the third man, everyone's favorite LCH. Man, if he does not finish second in the championship with the package he has, then that is very, very sad. Can you imagine? Mercedes, with what they have, their driver finishes second. Can you even think of that? Unbelievable. Not only that, but Checo's father is going to get the willow switch. Yeah, amazing. As someone said, this is what happens when you put the best driver in the best car. And we have seen this movie many times before. It's called, it's a Quinn Martin production called The Difference Between a Good Driver and a Great Driver. You know, on the in the media, in the interweb comments, some people are treating Sergio Perez like a barbecue iguana from Tijuana, which is not, uh, you know, I, I don't like that because his only crime is he has a teammate who is one of the all-time greats. And there is no shame uh, to be in slippery situation when you play second banana to such a once-in-a-lifetime talent. In a distant voice, I hear somebody saying, Botas, Barrichello, Gasly, Irvine, Nakajima. You have to say something on this, sir? <laughs> it's awesome. Listen, folks, the number two driver is a very important part of Formula One. And when you land that gig, it's not that bad. Not everybody can be world champion. There's a lot of great drivers that were never world champion. But... Being number two with a big team means you get a great paycheck. You're around a lot of press, a lot of people all the time. 
suck it up. You know, the, my only deal is, I think Checo could do a little bit be- better. I think he's he's behind Rubinho. Yeah. McLaren boss Andrea Stella said it best regarding Red Bull's domination this season. They are setting references in the history of Formula One. They meaning he. <laughs> right? Okay, moving on. The chase is on. Chasing the runaway number 33 was not one of the prancing horses, but the papaya machines. It is good to see McLaren with a serious and speedy pulse. Still a long way to go, but I think Max and Christian Horner can hear the doorbell ringing. Barbarians may not be at the gate, but you can hear the thunder. Lando got another podium a week after Singapore. This is his fourth second place finish in seven races, which is very good. In the championship, he is seventh with 115 points. The real big winner and happy chappy was his Australian teammate, Mr. Oscar Piastri, effectively, and I repeat, effectively managed by Mark Webber. Oscar got his first front row start, which is very good, and also the podium, which is even better. He is now the sixth Australian on the podium in Formula One. Others were Jack Rabham, three-time world champion, Tim Schenken, Alan Jones, 1980 world champion, Mark Webber, who came very close to winning the championship, and Daniel Ricciardo, who, had he stayed with Max at Red Bull, would have won a lot of races by now and maybe a championship. Piastri is ninth in the championship with 57 points. Mr. Zach Brown was a very happy camper, and after qualifying, he even offered to fly Oscar's mum to the race. Your take on Oscar and his performance over the weekend, senor? Very impressive. Obviously, the car has taken the updates very, very well, and I'm happy for Oscar. It takes, you know, there's some people on this grid that's never been on the podium, Nasser. It's something to be cherished and be happy about for sure and proud. But we'll see. We'll see how long McLaren can hang on to this, if they can keep progressing. Because getting up to the top is one thing, staying at the top is another. So I wish them all the luck in the world. And Piastri, you know, when you're a rookie and you're with a great team, imagine what can happen, Nasser. Oh, yes. Charles Leclerc qualified and finished fourth. Late in the race, he was dazed and confused. When he passed the Red Bull... Realizing Checo had retired earlier, he was under the impression he will be on the podium. But when he saw Pitboard sign saying he was fourth, reality sank in. The Red Bull he passed was not Max Verstappen, but Checo, who had made a re-entry only to make a second exit, or as someone said, on another podcast. First driver to have two DNFs in the same race. You want to say something, senor? That was... I mean, I'm just, I'm laughing at Leclerc thinking, come on, if you're passing a Red Bull and you think it's Max Verstappen, you're asleep with your teddy bear in your bed in Monaco. When you wake up, you realize Max Verstappen is like a minute ahead and that's Checo, your buddy, trying to deliver some flowers. So, no, hilarious stuff, but I love this chit chat. I just adore it. Good. Leclerc is 6th in the championship with 135 points. Now we come to your favorite. Lewis Carl Hamilton, 5th. Not too long ago, finishing 2nd was a disaster. Times have changed and the tide has lifted another boat to another higher marina. Watching LCS these days is like watching Michael Schumacher when he raced for the same team. All dressed up with all the talent and skills in the world but do not have tools of the trade to be on the top step of the podium. On a positive note, LCH, apart from Max, is the only driver to have scored in each and every race of the season, so he is bringing in the Pillsbury Doe for Toto and Mercedes. He had a very lively tussle with his teammate in the closing stages of the race and before also. And you know, as I've said in, in an earlier podcast, when Mercedes has a winning package again, both Lewis and Russell would take points from each other, meaning advantage Red Bull and Max, as if he needs any help in winning races and uh, championship. But I really think, and I was listening to um, uh, Peter Windsor today on a, uh, on a show on YouTube, he was saying basically the same thing, that right now 
it can be managed the tension between the two but when they have a strong package and, a, and can win races then George Russell is not there to roll over and play dead for Mr. Lewis Hamilton so it will be very very interesting and you know if there is something we like uh, apart from Formula 1 is cage rattling so I say bring it on at the moment Lewis is third in the championship with 190 points Six for Carlos Sainz Jr. Like his teammate, the smooth operator and winner from Singapore, started and finished in the same position. Sixth. Scuderia Ferrari did not even make it to the podium, but team principal Fred Vasser still put a positive spin on it, saying, and I quote, I think we did the most we could have done today, making up another four points on Mercedes, end quote. Carlito is fifth in the championship with 150 points. Seventh, George Russell. He was asking, who do we want to fight? Each other or the others? A very valid question, but I must say I did enjoy the ding-dong battle George had with his teammate. It was no surprise when he was not interested in giving up his position to Lewis, but then he got the memo when he was told, George, this is an instruction. Not too long ago, his teammate was given similar instructions in Abu Dhabi and then Paddy Lowe had to get on the team radio to let LCH know. This is not a request, this is an instruction, so what goes around, comes around. Did you enjoy this uh, stuff that was going on, sir? Immensely. I mean, I love it because now you're starting to finally see the competitiveness between them when they're fighting each other, and it, it was awesome. And I hate to say this, but I think Lewis Hamilton stays out on top of this, and Russell makes a few little mistakes here and there, and I think he has been rattled, but George is very quick. So as George settles in, I mean, Lewis has been there for a while, so it, it's going to get interesting if they do get that delivery of the package. Yeah, I think this will really come down to a situation who is strong mentally, just like the Max and uh, uh, Daniel Ricciardo at Red Bull and Ayrton Senna and Prost at McLaren, both were equally competitive. One was just more too intense and I guess more determined uh, to win the championship or the races. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. But uh, one thing is for sure, Lewis is not going to walk all over George like he did on Botas and George is not going to walk all over him like he did on Gotifi. But the funny communication while this was going on was from Carlos Sainz Jr. who told his team, they are using my own trick against me. Wasn't that hilarious? It was so hilarious. He was laughing. Everybody was laughing except for LCH. Not a big fan of the trick. Yes. Russell is 8th in the championship with 115 points. Now we come to the hombre who is behind the 8 ball and finished 8. Fernando Alonso. Machismo is the only driver this season who has made it to Q3 in each and every race. He is not happy Formula One is broadcasting his personal radio messages to the team, to the global audience. I think he should be very happy they are doing that and that is how we know what a great humor he has while traveling at over 200 miles per hour, especially at Suzuka. The world champion from 2005 and 2006 is currently fourth in the championship with 174 points. Both Alpines finished in the points. Ocon is 11th in the championship with 38 points. Pierre Gasly, the magic man of Monza 2021, picked up the final point from his 10th place finish. Currently, he is 11th in the championship with 46 points. And there are a couple of other things. Williams, both cars failed to finish for the first time since the Australian Grand Prix in March. Man of the moment and much positive speculation, Alex Albon was hit by Bottas at the start and retired after completing 26 laps. Logan Sargent, man under pressure and much criticism, ran into Bottas in F1 soap opera called Revenge is Sweet. Among the active full-time F1 drivers this season, Logan Sargent remains the only one who has not scored a point. Mr. Roger, looking back at the race, it was a decent time for you, right? 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time? Yes, 11 p.m. and uh, 
you just hope that there's no red flags and too many cautions but yeah very nice very nice i loved it i'm ready for qatar yeah you know it was race was one o'clock in the morning my time here in florida and of course i got up and uh, watched it but i was very oozy doozy but if the race was going to be like like a tremendous dog fight then i would have probably been more wide awake but anyway still enjoyed the race suzuka is a great track and uh, there's nothing wrong in watching history being made stuff you only believe if you see it so i'm enjoying whatever is happening and uh, we'll see how it works and uh, qatar is coming up and then uh, man i don't know if you're getting this i'm getting bombarded with emails from miami grand prix and now from the austin grand prix that new batch of grandstand tickets are available starting at 78 dollars from miami and also uh, i'm getting emails from austin gp it took me four hours last year to get out of the track and at this age of my uh, life and of some mobility issues i really just cannot spend hours and hours stranded in a place so i think i'm going to i am very tempted to go to austin because it's a formula one event but i just want don't want to torture my body for six hours for two hours of meteorizing what say you i agree as the market drops like it did today over 400 points people are feeling the pinch and tickets are not flying off the shelf with the possible government shutdown looming it could get worse so anyway now that I'm thinking about the government, I want to take a break, Nass. I need to get some fresh oxygen. We'll be back with Ove Anderson. We've got Motorsports Mundial, which is a fully loaded Mexican burrito, by the way. So there you have it. So we'll be back after this brief message. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Fisichella, and you are listening F1 Weekly. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. And now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the sultan himself, Nasser Hamid. Thank you, sir. And I say greetings and racing regards from the Kentucky coal mine to the California sun. And you're going to take us to the snow of Sweden for a interview from the archives. That is correct, Nasser. This is uh, another interview that we had packaged together on podcast 206 many moons ago. The late Ove Anderson, a great character, a lover of rally driving, and that's how he passed. He was killed in an accident driving a 1957 444 Volvo. But yes, winner of Monaco 1971. That is the Rally de Monaco. A great guy. Wonderful. And he was right there at Toyota at the beginning. And then he transitioned into the F1 team because he was part of their motorsports program in the early 2000s. So thank you very much, Nasser. This was recorded back in 2007. This interview, Clark, is with Ove Anderson, and I met both him and Freddie Pardi at uh, Laguna Seca for the Monterey Historics, and I started following motorsports really in 1973, and both of these gentlemen were at the top of their games. Ove Anderson is from a town called Uppsala in Sweden, and now lives in Cologne, and has been associated with Toyota, or was associated with Toyota for over 30 years, starting in the early 70s. He was repairing rally cars, then they were based in Belgium. Then came the Toyota Team Europe, which was in Cologne, which he later sold to Toyota. And so it was very nice talking to him. And again, it took a lot of time to get an audience with him. Again, he was willing to talk, but, you know, PR people had some things lined up for these gentlemen. So I did talk to him about his uh, co-driver from the 70s, which happens to be Monsieur Jean Todd. <laughs> yeah, so it was good talking to him. And it's like touching history, you know, when I talk to people from days gone by. So I hope people enjoy this conversation. And again, we'll try to hook up with more of these people for an extended time so we can have an in-depth conversation. Okay, I'm with Owe Anderson, famous rally driver from Sweden and ex-boss of Toyota. Mr. Anderson, how are you today and how was your day at the races yesterday? I'm very fine today and I had a lot of fun yesterday. And I've had a nice morning. This morning was we went to Pebble Beach to have a look. Very interesting. 
Was this your first trip to California? I have been in Los Angeles before, but I have never been here. Now, you had a long association with Toyota, but prior to that you were with Saab. Uh, can you tell us about your early racing interests, how you got involved, and a little bit about your career when you were with Saab? Well, I started to drive in 1961 with Saab. Then um, my first works car was a Mini in 1963. Then I got works cars from Saab in 1964, 65. 1966, I started to drive with Lancia. And 1968, I was works driver of Ford. End of 70, I started with Renault Alpine. And then started with Toyota in end of 1972. Now, you have uh, one of few select drivers who have won both the Monte Carlo and Safari Rally. Which was more satisfying for you and which is harder to win? There, you cannot say winning is winning, and they are both very famous events. I can't say that I wouldn't put priority on any of the events. But which one is harder to win? Oh, I think everything is... I mean, they are so difficult events. Uh, safari war used to be very, very tough, very... And uh, uh, um, Monte Carlo was difficult weather conditions I mean snow and ice and so on so but both have their particularities maybe safari is, is uh, a tougher event longer event and more difficult from the physical point of view but as a challenge they are both equal now, I remember you from the 1973 Safari driving a Peugeot 504 with Jean Todd as your uh, teammate, the co-driver. You know, we see him on TV now wearing a sweater in a hot race. Was he like that in those days also? Todd was uh, a very special person, yes. A very good co-driver. And who were some of the toughest competitors when you were in your rallying days, like Bjorn Waldegard, Sandra Monari? Who were some of the real good drivers that you thought, you know, this is good competition for me? Everybody is a good competition if they have a good car. But I think as a talent, driver talent, I would put uh, Jean-Luc Terrier as a natural talent. Maybe Joachim Kankonen. Incredible talent. Carlos Sainz, very professional, very, you know, hard working, but get nothing for free, has to work a lot. While Kankonen just, just. Among the rallying drivers of today, who do you like? Yeah, Granon comes out of my old team, so I must like him best. <laughs> Now, uh, going to Formula One, you were involved with the Toyota program for a while, for several years. It's Everybody knows it's a massive budget, but the results are not there. The Toyota Formula One program, they have a huge budget. What is missing that they're not having the success they have enjoyed everywhere else? I think uh, the budget is not... Uh, it's not uh, you need the budget to do a good job, but the budget is not... Is not what makes you win. The, the budget, you need it to win, but you need a, a good team, you need good team management, you need, uh, you know, it's everything has to come together. And from that point of view, I think that's what is missing. And who do you think will be world champion this year, and who would you like to see win the championship? I would like to see Hamilton. Thank you very much for your time. And finally, uh, how about a message for listeners of F1 Weekly, please? Please support more rally. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Keep up the good work, Nas, and thanks, Mr. Owe Anderson. We'll be back with the wrap-up. And here's this week's F1Weekly.com trivia answers. Answer 1. Which driver made the very embarrassing mistake of crashing into the barrier on the entry to the pits during the 1995 Australian Grand Prix? That was David Coulthard, who was just coming in for a routine pit stop 
and he went too quickly around a tight right-hander and crashed into the barrier. At the time, Coulthard was driving for the Williams team. And answer two. In an age of pit stops and unlimited amount of fuel, which driver ran out of fuel in the 1997 Australian Grand Prix? And the answer is Jean Alesi. Although the Benetton team informed Alesi of his problem with fuel, he refused to pit. Needless to say, Flavio was not impressed. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. Bye now. Nas, back to you. Okay, sir, let's start the Motorsports Mondial with the sunny side of Delhi. MotoGP from India. The first ever Indian MotoGP took place on the Budh International Circuit. And this is the same place where the Indian Formula One Grand Prix took place before issues with the taxman derailed the event. Italian Marco Bezzecchi won the race for Ducati. Jorge Martin was second with Fabio Quattararo third. Championship leader Francesco Bagnaia crashed out. At one time he had a huge lead, but now if he keeps doing this, we may have a, you know, challenger for the championship lead soon. Now, sir, we come to the Siege of Logangrad. It is sad to see slings and arrows flying every which way, and Logan Sargent, like Nick DeFries, has not even completed the full season of Formula One, and some, and some people are asking for chop-chop. To see a young, talented driver who has... To borrow a phrase from the host, winning pedigree come under such heavy criticism in a day where there is so much little testing available is very disappointing. We interviewed Logan Sargent when he was in karting. He had a stellar karting career and was very impressive in his uh, Formula 2 season and took the championship fight to the final round in Formula 3 against a talent no other than Oscar Piastri and that was just a few years ago. And if I remember correctly, Logan was leading the championship going into the final round. Flip side of the coin is you should know what you're getting into. I think it was Franz Tost from Toro Rosso who once said, we are not running a kindergarten here in Formula 1. Unfortunately, Logan's performance against his teammate leaves a lot to be desired, especially when compared to Oscar Piastri's performance against his teammate Lando Norris. I certainly hope Doralton Partners, based in New York City, give him another season to get up to speed. Among the choices they have as a replacement for Sargent, a factory reject, Ferrari Driver Academy person, the name would be Mick Schumacher, or a driver who took three years to win Formula 2 championship, the name in this case would be Felipe Drugovic. As we all know in Formula 1, money is thicker than blood of your compadre. The next 60 days are crucial for Logan. Barbarians are at the gate and vultures are circling. As they say in the song, Mama said on a stormy weather, don't know why there's no sun in the sky. Mr. Rogers, is the sky falling for Sargent and is he the second coming of Scott Speed? I'm not sure. I know he's a talented young man. Maybe he needs to go to the Howard Driving Academy to just to get get more focus because I think he can do it. But first of all, when you have a really good teammate that's competitive, you've got to kick it up a notch. And we just don't see the kick or the notch. So, and listen, I'm, I'd love to see an American be successful, but he's got to be competitive up against his teammate first before anything else and he must stop crashing so that's just me i mean i think mick schumacher is finally going to get a ride somewhere out there maybe with uh, a le mans team wec weck i think vettel is looking into those directions so we'll see vettel where vettel goes mick schumacher may follow so watch that movie i think it's going to be interesting yeah, let's hope uh, let's hope Logan is not feeling faded like his blue jeans, and can put on a good show in the remaining races. And like uh, Christian Horner said about Checo, just drive the car and you know don't crash. And speaking of Mick, he is doing a reverse of Papa Michael. 
Michael Schumacher raced for Sauber Mercedes in sports car racing with Heinz Harald Frensen and Karl Benlinger as co-drivers. Then he did a Hughes Corporation rock the boat in qualifying for the 1991 Belgian Grand Prix. Rest is history and the bar has been set too high for other family members. As son Mick found out the hard way in two years at Haas F1. Toto Wolf is his biggest fan but still smart enough to keep his two current drivers. Apparently, according to published reports, Toto sent a uh, Mick Schumacher simulator data to James Wows at Williams, but was told Danke aber keine Danke, meaning thanks but no thanks. Now, your fellow Francais, Bruno Fermat, head honcho at Alpine, has appeared as Mick's second BFF. If it works out, Mick will be driving for them in WEC. So let's see what happens. Mick won both Formula 3 and Formula 2 championship and is a good kid. He is not a loose cannon like Dan Tictum. So we wish him all the best. Moving on, the cost of doing business. In racing, they say speed costs money. How fast you want to go? Well, crashing also cost a lot of money, so today we look at top 5 in the Destructors Championship. Leading the way with repair bill of 3.9 million is Logan Sargent. Lance Stroll is second with 2.7 million, which I think is smaller than his monthly allowance. Sergio Perez is third on the podium with damages of 2.4 million. Fourth is Pierre Gasly with a repair bill of 2.3 million. And completing the top five is Alexander Albon at 1.8 million. Mr. Rogers, if you were a Geico agent, would you give insurance to these drivers and save them 15%? I probably, I probably would. And Flo, you know, she's such a nice lady. She'd insure them as well. Oh, that's nice to know. So that is hope for these youths. Moving on to your favorite series. What's the name, sir? Le NASCAR. Yes, sir. From Texas Motor Speedway, historic day for Hendrick Motorsports as driver William Byron delivers victory number 13 for the team. Okay, that's good. Okay, sir. Um, now we come to our goodie bag, Historical Mondial, a look at Formula One racing in the land of the rising sun. Formula One racing arrived in Japan in 1976 as the season finale. Season-long rivalry between Niki Lauda and James Hunt was going to be decided here. Then came the heavy rains and the race was almost cancelled. After only a few laps, Niki Lauda pulled into the pits for self-preservation and James Hunt went on to finish third and was surprised to learn he had won the championship. The race was won by Mario Andretti from pole position in his Lotus. The first Formula One race at Suzuka took place in 1986 and this Honda-owned circuit, which was designed as a test track for them by Dutchman John Hugenholz, has seen some very exciting and dubious clinching of titles. In 1987, R. Nige had a huge accident in qualifying, which allowed his Williams teammate Nelson Piquet to win the championship. Later, Mansell would write in his column for Autosport magazine that when he was being flown to a hospital in Tokyo in a helicopter, the pilot and those on board played a game for 10 minutes called Let's Spot the Hospital. They had some difficulty because of all the tall buildings in downtown Tokyo. Now we come to 1988. Ayrton Senna stalled at the start from pole position and his McLaren teammate Alain Prost took off and established a pretty decent lead. But a very determined Senna fought back to pass and win the first of his three championships, all with McLaren-Honda combo. In the following two years, 1989 and 1990, the two McLaren drivers would each enjoy a championship in equally controversial clashes, and this is talked about all the time in the world of racing. In 2005, Kimi Raikkonen started from way back in the field and made a daring pass on the outside of Fisico on the final lap to grab an incredible victory. In 2007, the Japanese Grand Prix took place at the Toyota-owned Fuji circuit. 
Once again, heavy rain was order of the day, and a rookie driving for McLaren put on an incredible performance to win the race. His name, Lewis Hamilton. His two-time world champion crashed heavily all on his own. Mr. Rogers, I am having a Morrison moment. I can't seem to find his face in my mind at the moment. Perhaps the chip of California can help me. Yes, that would be ranch dressing, Nasser. Okay. Not not Spanish balsamic dressing? No, 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 no. That's what messed them all up. If it was Spanish, he would have won that Grand Prix and should have won that grace. Come on, Nasser. Yes, absolutely. In 2014, this was a very sad day for us. 2014, tragedy struck at Suzuka when during a VSC in the range, Jules Bianchi left the track and hit a crane or a recovery vehicle that was trying to retrieve a car of Adrian Sertil, suffering serious head injuries. And poor Bianchi passed, never regained consciousness and passed away the following year. And you know what, um, you know, we interviewed him several times in his June Formula 3, Formula 2 career. Along with Botas, Bianchi has been, uh, of all the drivers I've met, uh, very polite, very decent, and absolutely down to earth. So uh, he will be remembered always. The most successful driver in the Japanese Grand Prix is no surprise, Mikhail Schumacher, with six wins. Michael also won two other Formula 1 races in Japan the 1994 and 95 Pacific Grand Prix, which was held at the Aida Circuit, which is today called Okayama Circuit. The most successful team in Japan is McLaren with nine wins. An interesting note about the Suzuka Circuit is, the very first motor race here in the early 60s was, it was a sports car race was won by Peter War, the ex-team Lotus manager, and the man who never lost any love for Nigel Mansell. Okay, sir, now we come to famous last words. And today they come from soon-to-be three-time world champion Max Verstappen. So let's hear what he has to say. Honestly, yeah, we had a bad weekend. Of course, then people start talking about, yeah, it, it's all because of the, the technical directives. Well, I think they can go suck on an egg. I say, Toto, it's called an ostrich egg. Let's see what Max will serve them in the next round. Scramble, sunny side up, or another three-egg omelette on the competition face. We at F1 Weekly would like to congratulate Red Bull on clenching the Constructors' Championship. And that brings us to Musical Montreal, and we invite Queen to the Palatial Studios. Take it away, Freddie. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Thank you. Good night.